Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX Podcast, Bud's Creek National Wrap-Up. Thanks to BTOsports.com for uh, helping us out and do these things. They're always fun every week. Use the code PULPMX to save yourself money at BTOsports.com. Anything you need for your bike or body, they've got it. Using the code PULPMX saves you money. They even got OEM parts, people. And, of course, proud sponsors of the BTO Sports KTM team with Andrew Short and Matt Gerke, who are killing it on the reg. Also, uh, foxhead.com, local authorized Fox dealer. What more can you say about Fox gear? From Bradshaw to RC to Roxon to Dungey, Fox Racing has been killing it for a long time, and we appreciate those guys for presenting this to you. Foxhead.com, visit your local authorized Fox dealer. With me on the line, as usual, my two best friends in the whole wide world. First up, the voice of motocross and the RacerX online editor, the Jason Wygant. Yeah! Also on the line... The German Supercross champion, past Montreal Supercross champion, now hawking fly racewear all across the country, the Jason Thomas. Yeah, speaking of Bradshaw, he wears fly, just in case you were wondering on that. He did. He's a he, he does. He's a fly yeah. athlete, yeah. Who can forget Bradshaw in 2014 running that fly, as opposed to, say, 89 and the zebra stripes? No, I, it, I mean, it's been going on for years now. I would say multiple years. Weege, uh... Voice of Motocross, how'd the show go for you this weekend? It was solid, man. It was solid. You, at one point, I was up in the announcer's tower. I did some announcing myself, by the way. Uh, During the motos? No, beforehand. Practice. In practice. Did they pay you? Oh, no, no. No, no. The position is not paid. I don't know if you heard, but... No, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The position is not paid. We need your help, but we will not be able to pay you. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, No, I like it. It's fun. Rocket Rob is up there and, uh, of course, all that. But anyways, we're up there, and we're watching you in between practices. You're trying to film your stand-up, but you're missing someone. Hmm, yes. Uh, George Lindsay was there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Multiple cameramen, audio guys, technicians were there. Yeah, people, you got to understand, there's probably six to eight dudes with all sorts of equipment, standing on the track with Wygant and Georgia. Yeah, and then there's, um, you know, I put the earpiece in, and we were able to communicate with the tractor trailer over on the other side of the track, and as a producer, a director, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of other technicians, they were all there in position. Mm-hmm. There's one person that was not there. <laughs> that would be Grant Langston. E. Yeah, so, 9.45, he made it by 9.55. I looked over... Okay, I was laughing because he didn't show up, and I knew what was going on. And I look over, and he's on the track conversing with AMA Jeff, just chilling. They're, I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm like, oh, man, 
I'm like, you got GL, they're waiting for you right over there. <laughs> yeah, he, you know what, though? I'll give him this. When you say the finish line at Bud's Creek, they've changed the start and the finish line of that track a lot. Yeah. So they have changed it. I mean, but there's been three different starting lines alone at that track. Um, four. Four? Four. Yeah. Four. So it gets a little confusing. But, um, you know, he did show up. A 9.55 for a 9.45. And, by the way, the track is shut down while we shoot this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's very limited time. I saw uh, you had Jordan. Between practices and there's not much. But, dude, of course, as usual, as soon as he came up, he nailed it. Everything yeah. was fine. If you watch it on TV, you would never <laughs> notice the difference. Everything was awesome. And then when the moto started, the guy killed it as usual. So the here t- we go. The tales of GL. <laughs> um, JT, I think we need to make this word a little word of the day a little harder for Weege. We need to, you know, I when he got turkey gobbler, he got turkey gobbler like no other. I have know? come to the conclusion that there is no difficult word for Weege. He is too good for us. And as I, I would like to continue this because it's, it is fun. I think the, that the fans and people that know about it really enjoy it, but I have given up the ghost on stumping Weege. Yeah. There's no doubt the fans love it. Yeah, it is. Oh. We, there are more. There's more activity on Twitter for that than you know. Dungey passes Roxon for the lead, or vice versa. Yeah, it's nuts. Um, but Mathis, you were there. I had the assist. You know who set this one up? I know, and I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I wish that person would have shut up. Who was it? Was it Ken? No, it was Mike Williamson. Was it Williamson? Okay, yeah. Yeah, Williamson. You know, um, he knows about the world. Champion mechanic for Ryan Villapoto now with Brett Metcalf. He told me how to drop in Turkey Gobbler, and man, did it not work out beautifully. Well yeah. done. I want to even give you a, a credit here, Mathis, yourself. I believe that was a hockey assist. Yeah. Yeah, really, right? Yep. Um, I, I didn't like it. I, didn't, I don't want any help. I don't want any. any but, yeah, you, once again, you just you knocked it out of the park. It's continuing. So I have three words um, for three? you. No, no, no. You can pick. Oh, okay. You can pick. Okay. Uh, Pecan pie, personal massager, or slinky. Personal massager is way too easy. Hey, every rider has one. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I didn't think about that. I'm thinking more like the dirty kind, you know, but um, slinky well, or slinky. Same. Slinky. Slinky. Slinky's too easy, too. You need to save slinky for one of the flatter tracks, like maybe Utah. Because mm. um, you folks may have heard they're going to the very, very, very top of the mountain at Millville this weekend. Have you heard this? Which yes. which the new section they had planned on using last year. Which mountain? Oh, was which, it? Which really? side? Which the hill they already used. You know, there's kind of a ridge up there, like above where the, the track up. goes. Yeah, you triple up the hill or whatever. All the way up there. Oh, yeah. okay. So going down that hill, I think the slinky is way too easy for that. Okay, my wife suge- wants Baba Booey. Okay, just to her. Isn't that a personal or a uh, proper noun, or whatever? Can't use names. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've already. Does she also want Donnie Wahlberg. Wahlberg. Yeah, she would like Donnie Wahlberg and Jordan oh, Knight just, as well. Just screaming. All you have to do is just scream a lot. <laughs> she would enjoy that also. Um. Well, then let's. You want to take Twitter suggestions? Let's go. Let's try it. Let's try it. It's, okay. it's early. We're doing this on Sunday night. We got plenty of time. Yeah. All right. Uh, just tweet Jason Wygant, people at Jason Wygant. Give him, give him your some yep. words, and uh, 
See what he wants. See what he wants to do. So, be good. Uh, yep. Turkey gobbler. Big mm-hmm. thanks, Mike Williamson. Championship mechanic. Got a lot on his plate, but he was able to come up with the Jason Anderson's jersey comes out of your week. You were getting really annoying, Weege, when you were telling everybody around you multiple times about how Stewart's going back. He's going back to Cowie. That was not getting annoying. It was awesome. You you really milked that joke. You you uh, LeBron James hype, of course, and you just kept saying, "Hey, Cowie guys, get the press release. He's back. Stewart's coming back. Get the Fox gear. He's coming back home." Hey, I'm not the one that went on Instagram and said, "Here's a picture of me and James and we went 24 and 0 in 2008." Hashtag killed it. <laughs> no, that was Mike. <laughs> yeah, that was Mike Williamson. Yeah. <laughs> um, How about that? Filipoto's uh, guy. Filipoto's guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Um, yeah, I went to the Cowboy dudes, and I'm like, you need to get the letter ready. He's coming home. Let's just end it where it started. Yeah. A lot of controversy right now in his career. He just needs to reset things. Coming home to Cowie. We'll bring Beaker back with Fox. 259. <laughs> the, Beaker thing was, the Beaker thing was a nice touch. Beaks, quit your job at WMG. You're back. Yeah, but Beaker was with, with, with Chad before he was with James. Yeah. I just want to hear, I'm coming home. <laughs> uh, will he have you to... know what I do find funny? I, and on, that, on a related subject, um, you know, obviously Stewart's embroiled in the controversy now. And I heard some people saying this weekend, are like, oh, it doesn't matter what happens to him. He's James Stewart. Somebody will sign him and pay him. And I'm like, no, no, that's, that's not true. Go over to the Cowie truck and ask how much money they would pay him to race. None. Go ask Yamaha how much money they would want to pay him to race. None. Like, he's, it's not, he, he's on his last leg. Like, you know what I mean? This, this team is one of the last few that would that hire him. I mean, he hasn't been with Honda or, or KTM yet, but it, it's not fair to throw out that any team would throw him tons of money no matter what happens in this situation thing because there are multiple teams out there that have already had him and said, no, thank you. This, uh, this like, whole, oh, sorry, go ahead. Kyle would, Kyle would not. Ever, ever, no, ever, ever, no. ever bring him back. No, no. They wouldn't. No. no. Um, this that's, whole, what makes, that's what I thought made my joke so hilarious. This whole WADA thing with Stewart, it's unfolding perfectly in terms of our industry. For who? Just perfectly. Because nothing's happening. Nothing's going on. We were told by I great... Think, I think there are things going on. They're just not public. Well, the, I mean, shouldn't there be something, some word, any... We're all three of us are pretty connected, pretty tight with everything that's going on, and we talk to a lot of important people. You guys hear anything? Yeah, I do. What'd yeah. you hear? Yeah, we do. As a matter of what'd fact, you hear? Repeat it. Uh, no, it's not my place to. Nah, you didn't hear nothing. You okay. didn't hear nothing. Sure, um, sure, I didn't. Okay. You know, some of the teams have been briefed on stuff. I know that um, by the by the. Uh, I thought you just said nothing's going on then. But do we have the Lakewood results? Do we know? No, this is it's not public information. They they don't have it's not their burden to share with the public until they're ready to. I mean they they don't owe us anything. They're, okay, there isn't they don't, owe the they, fans. they don't they don't owe a press release saying an appeal has been filed. We no. expect Okay. Water, okay. Why, where does Wada where does Wada have to do that? I don't I mean okay. that's not their burden. Uh, okay. Well, in the actual Wada press release even said at the end there will be no further information on this. It even I, literally said those words. It's working like, out. It's working out. They perfectly. pretty much say this is between us and the athlete until it is resolved, and at some point it will be resolved. And I will stick by my tradition, 
when it gets resolved, it will not be good for James Stewart. Nope. It will not be the typical uh, way that things go in this sport. But, hey, Alex Rodriguez played the entire baseball season last year while under a similar situation. And then finally, when it all came to task, he was banned for the entire season this year. It just, I mean, talking about this has been going on and on and on. It's really only been going on for, what, four weeks, three weeks? That's a that's a microscopic amount of time in the amount of time these things usually take. This is just it's just working out, it's shaping up, it's shifting out perfectly. Nothing's gonna happen. Didn't Chad Chad lose his points and lots I mean, you act like nothing's ever happened before. Well I mean I've got fined. I lost my money and my points. That happened to me. I'm I'm not sure if Except when it, that. Uh, well, you also cut the track. You lost hundred bucks. No, no. Yeah, well, yeah, but this was something like fuel. Like I didn't have anything to do with it. I just bought gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I understand. And and but when Ricky got caught, you know, it was a. No, I, I, I'm yeah. fully on board with you there. That that one was ridiculous in my opinion. But that's he's true champion. Sometimes. He would not cheat. He's true champion. Um, <laughs> there's a there's Yamaha, a level of true championness. Yamaha was adding uh, lead to its gas to keep up with him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I, for, I forgot the theory by now. Um, all right. Let's talk about Bud's Creek. No, here. I agree with you, Matthew. I do agree with you. In the past, no doubt about it, there have been many, many, many situations where it seems like a blind eye has been turned. Um, if we just want to assume that every single bike that has ever raced since the dawn of the production rule, which is what twenty nine seasons now, mm-hmm. nineteen eighty six, right? Yeah. When the production rule came in. Mm-hmm. There's not a single result. Has a single result ever changed over a non-production part on a production bike? No. Yeah, that's amazing. That's an amazing run. Good job, teams. <laughs> um, I agree with you on that. For sure, that's the way things have normally worked, but I do not believe that's the way this will work here because now we're not dealing with the AMA. We are now dealing with um, PED organizations that do not care who you well, are, what sport you're in. Okay. Can I just tell you that... In the seven camp, things are fine. There's going to be no worries. Things are cool. Oh, yeah, because they're going to go to the they races so. right now being like, oh, God, no, just, I just, just want to tell the media right now we're screwed. No, I'm sure I'm they're going to advertise that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah, well, that's I, what they're going to do. They're going to tell you that they're in major trouble. I heard, I heard how much communication they had with WADA, so I'm sure they're very up to speed on what's going on. <laughs> All right, we'll see. What? What reason do they have to say anything but everything's cool? Of course you're going to say that. That's the be- that's the in this situation that's the best thing you can say. Hopefully, hey Rod, you, everything's yeah, hey Rod used to say all the time, "I'm totally effed." Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. All right. You would you would get the sense that the, you know that they have a lot of work to do behind the scenes and they're trying to figure things out and a lot of ins and outs to this case, Donnie. But uh, much that's similarly to how it was handled before this yeah. went down. Yeah, okay. Well, I just feel like Lakewood results were coming any day. Any day. And, and and we still haven't heard anything. USADA might put, like, this is a whole new test, so you would think there would be a press release by USADA if there was positive or negative or whatever. And so, so what do you think has happened in this case? USADA, an organization that literally is the organization that resulted in the lifetime ban of Lance Armstrong, perhaps the biggest uh, athlete uh, of the last 20 years of any sport, that USADA said, well, but this is James Stewart. We better just cool it. Cool it, cool it, cool it. No. 
It's not why on the same they, level. Why would they tarnish their reputation over James Stewart? They wouldn't. No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying that they're, you know, just just let me know. Let me know, either one of you two, when I should expect something to happen. I'll be waiting. I don't know that, but I, I can guarantee you that they don't care whether we know the timeline or not. Okay. I mean, it's none of our, it really is none of our business, according to them. So I promise you that's, that's their attitude. Um, but, again, do you not feel like some important people that we know in the motocross or supercross community would be up to speed on what's going on? I'm sure there are some. Okay. But do you think that they feel it necessary to share with you? Because I don't. Okay. All right. Well, then, great job by those guys. Great poker faces. I think you, the athletes faces. involved, though. I think the athletes involved, though. Great poker faces. Um, all right, let's get to Bud's Creek. Let's talk about Bud's you, Creek. I, I hope – I'm shocked and appalled that the members of the Yoshimura Suzuki team aren't going to the races saying, hey, we just want to let you guys know this is the latest. Yeah. We're going to keep you guys in the loop. Especially the only the media can communicate with. Thieves. Yeah. I, I, okay, well, I guess – the press conference. Neither one of you two have ever been told about anything going on behind the scenes – uh, Steve, good or come bad. Into the lounge. Uh, I want to fill you in on this thing. Uh, neither one of you two have ever gotten, you know, sort of the word on what was going to happen or what was going on or, or anything like that before it happens. I know both of you have always just related, waited for press releases and never asked any questions. And both of I you have asked questions. Right. And I told you on your show on Thursday, the, the, the Fly Racing Moto 60 show, one thing that's really going to get people mad is I believe the way this will hash out is you cannot fail two drug tests at the same time. So if you are in a pending investigation for one, any evidence in future drug tests until that one is resolved becomes part of the first one. Because the argument an athlete would have is, you know, in our case it's been, what, 12 weeks or something since the Seattle race? You know, they could have tested 12 times or more than that if they want to test you during the week in that amount of time. So the athlete could argue, dude, before I even knew I did something wrong, I now have 12 failed drug tests on my record. So if you are part of a pending investigation, they consider anything that happens in any drug test in between that being resolved as just more evidence for the first one as opposed to multiple violations. So whatever happens in Colorado or any other future you saw to test just gets lumped into you, the same thing that has already happened. You think we still have to wait the same amount of time. You think USADA? But I do believe that when this gets resolved, it's not going to be good. You think USADA and WADA, USADA is recognizing WADA's test from Supercross? Yes. Okay. That, yep. go, that goes against what I've been told, but maybe you know more. There's a big difference between, um, you know, MX Sports and AMA Pro Racing recognizing the provisional suspension and USADA and WADA's drug tests being recognized together is a big difference. Because I know everybody right now is saying, why is he allowed to race? That's ridiculous. It's only because it's a provisional, provisional, provisional suspension. If he is declared guilty in this situation and they declare him ineligible, which means banned, then it does apply to everything. So it depends on the situation if the two things are connected. They're not completely disconnected. They're not connected in everything. But there are situations where they are connected and if this ends up in the worst-case scenario for James, which is you're guilty, you're ineligible, it says any sport, any sport in any national or world competition. So, so do, you, do you think James Stewart races all 12 Lucas Oil Nationals? I think he will. 
Do you think he raises all 17 Supercrosses next year? No. All right. That's where I'm going. I believe at some point he will miss at least one race. I believe more, but I'm just going to say at least one because one is really the, the whole difference, right? That's the whole difference. Losing points or results or purse money is meaningless. So really the whole crux of the argument is will he miss zero races or one or more? Yeah, right? got, That's I've the got, whole thing. I've got some money out there with a team member that he does not miss any races over this. That's what I'm saying. I'm going to take the arg- right. uh, opposite argument. Could we use only because I know I know I completely understand that this sport has a ridiculous history of not really going very very hard on on uh, enforcing rules results whatever. But we are no longer dealing with those people. We're dealing with WADA and USADA, and they do not care. Um, I don't see how it just goes away. I mean, I, I have to imagine there are plenty of other sports that would say, oh, this is going to be a problem. Well, here's, and those organizations said, we don't care. Here's the thing. like, I think people are thinking, you know what, I don't want to go. We talked enough about this. Forget it. Let's move yeah. on. Let's go to Bud's. Okay. 20 minutes in. Um, mm-hmm. Can the word of the day be Adderall or no? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> no, probably not. Right. Um, <laughs> what about Wiener? Uh, I, think, I don't think so. No? No, Too you easy? can't do stuff that's going to get him in trouble. Wiener? Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, wiener, come on! What? Yeah, that's, gonna get, that's, that's inappropriate. I, I do not think that's inappropriate. Sure it is. Really? Okay, give me a good, give me a good use. Well, GL, look at that crowd right there. Nice crowd shot. Look at that hot dog stand. Look at that big wiener they have on the sign. <laughs> You know, like a giant dancing wiener. Let's say there's a hot we dog. We can't do things that are going to put his job in jeopardy. I, I do not think wiener would put his job in jeopardy if he used it in the right term. Well, I did want an example, and you, you did yeah. paint it perfectly. Look at that dancing, look at that giant wiener on that company sign or whatever, you know? So. I'm going to spend the next five days praying to God <laughs> that we happen to show a giant wiener sign. <laughs> Can you tell the cameraman what to shoot or no? Can you ever suggest anything? Please, please, Johnson Martin, get a giant wiener cart. <laughs> track. Where'd you go? Why is your voice all weird? You're you're quiet. Me? Yeah, you're super quiet. Now. Oh, sorry. Oh, I there. Put my hand over the. Oh. I'm saying, Jonathan Martin, please hire a wiener cart <laughs> for your national. <laughs> Hopefully, with a giant sign. Right. My only hope. Hey, so uh, Bud's Creek, this was JT the first test of some fitness. This is, they got hot and humid here, man. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to be writing about it, I feel like, a few times this week because it was a significant uh, change. I mean, it's the first time, like you said, it's the first time all year, and I feel like the results were different because of it. I mean, it was a a drastic change for some of the guys for how they they stacked up against the weather. 26 guys only finished the 450 second moto. I was – I'm going to be careful here, but I was disgusted with some of it. I'm going to be honest. I was. <laughs> I was. I really was because I, I wasn't, uh, trust me, I am very aware of where I fit into racing and how I did and all that stuff. But I prided myself in being ready for days like this. This is the only chance I had. Mm-hmm. And I worked my ass off to be ready for days like this. And to watch some of the guys just, oh, man, it, they just fell apart. I mean, they literally had nothing when the conditions, you know, got hot. I just thought, yeah. Know. Right. I'm disgusted. A, a 
a bad word. I was just like frustrated and kind of disappointed in some of their some of the guys' inabilities to handle it. I guess. Want to give us any examples? No, okay. no, because it really doesn't matter. I mean, there's. It's not like I. It, I don't take it personally with any of them or anything. Yeah. It's not like I care. I was just like, come on, guys! Like this is your job. Like you gotta, you gotta be ready for this. This is like, I don't know. I for just the way I went about it, you know, I wasn't yeah. that fast. But when the when it got hot, I could just outlast guys and just to see some of them just fall apart, man. Like, you, that's where the preparation comes in, and the lack yeah. of preparation is. I, I just think it's inexcusable, and I think a lot of guys would, you know, yeah. agree with that. Uh, we Kenny Roxon told me after the race that he jammed his foot or leg really bad in that roller section uh, by the finish, you know, and it went numb, and he was a little worried about it, and he lost four seconds, and it was this, I looked at the lap times. I thought it was two. I know he had a really bad lap, and he lost two one time, but uh, I looked at the lap times, and it was the second lap that he lost four seconds to Dunge. Um, but here's the thing. If you looked at his other later laps, he, and, I mean, Kenny's, you know, these guys got to tell themselves what they got to tell themselves. Kenny's had a terrific season, but I, I – I think Dunge wore him down. I think Dunge was the stronger, more physically fit guy, and I think it showed. I mean, I, nothing wrong with Kenny's fitness. It's terrific. He's been killing it, and I, I'm sure he'll win again. But on this day, in that moto, for whatever reason, I thought Dunge's fitness was better. Um, I think the, the backup proof for that is the first moto because Roxon did what he's kind of been doing all year. I mean, it was a spectacular pass. He didn't get a great start. He launched past Dungey mm-hmm. to, to pass him. Then he got around Kennard, and it was almost like the classic, like, I don't know why you take so long to pass people. This is how you do it. Like, he blew past the dude. Yeah. He was behind people for, like, literally one turn, and then he would pass them. And when he passed them, I think it was on Henry Hill that he actually launched by. And I'm like, okay, based on what we saw at Redbud, based on what we saw here, this is just the way it's going to be. Like, Roxon just owns these dudes. But then... Like, five, ten minutes later, you're like, wait, Dungey is catching him. And he mm. got closer and closer and closer. He didn't pass him, but he closed right in. And you're like, okay, maybe not. And then in the second moto, Dungey just continued to deliver. So I think it was a totally different day. Like, I don't think it yeah. came down to just one incident. Um, I mean, once Roxon passed him early in that first moto, I thought it was going to be another red bud, and it wasn't in either moto. Mm. So definitely Dungey had something going. I don't know if it's the track. The weather, of course, you know what Dungey mentioned. You know what Dungey mentioned. <laughs> what was the big? What was the big difference? Do you know? Uh, setup. Yep. Of course, of course, it big was. changes. He'd only been making small changes with clickers all year. He decided to gamble, make huge changes back home, try going in a completely different direction. Made all the difference. Yeah, all the difference. Yeah, and again, Kenny, Kenny said his leg hurt. <laughs> you know, right, and, that, yeah, and that's exactly. why he lost. Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny's leg hurt, and, right. Kenny, and Ryan made massive, drastic changes. Yeah, so it's bike or, or leg hurt or weather. Uh, um, I for- would say, and, and JT, you might know more about this than me. In fact, I'm tempted to actually ask you to write about this this week. The, the track prep and how deep the dirt was and whatnot at these two races, Red Bud and Bud's Creek, was pretty different. So there's that, too to try to figure out what the difference was in these two events. So there's a lot of different things to weigh in, but I don't think there's any doubt Dungey was the better guy at Bud's Creek, just like Roxham was at Red Bud. I, um, unfortunately for Dunge, he makes up no points. So, 
you know, Kenny's I think like, it's okay, though. I think that's all right. Like, if you're Dungy the way Redbud went, you'll take, okay, at least I'm back on even footing with the guy. Mm-hmm. The points, I'll, maybe I'll get them at some point, but at least he's not blowing my doors off again. This is stage one. <laughs> Weege, he has to go 1-1 this weekend. He has to. You know, we're going to repeat this in both the 450 and 250. Yeah, we are. We are. This is pivotal yeah. for both. we got two Minnesota guys battling for the title. Like, this is a huge race coming up. Yeah. Yeah, Dunge has yeah. got to do it this weekend. He's got to make up some points, man. Only five rounds left now, you know? So, yep. I was yep. impressed with Dunge, though, man. I was really impressed. He rode great. Like, I, I thought that was, that was something. And it wasn't there. And, of course, things have changed because uh, Kenny Roxon has uh, – Alden Baker now, and he's on a bigger bike or whatever. But there was something in Racerhead where Kenny's second half finishes were noticeably worse every year he's raced, every series he's raced. Now I don't. Yeah, it's too. I asked uh, Aaron Hansen to look that up, and I thought there'd be something there, but I honestly didn't think it would be as drastic as it actually was. Me neither. Me neither. It was double, like literally double the average finish. Uh, Kenny said he's passed it. Oh, okay. He might be though. He, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. He's got Alden now. No, no. That might actually be. It might be meaningless, but yeah, I was shocked at the stats. No, I said that things are different now, so I wouldn't. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't hang my hat on that. But we, you know, we're one round in, and Dunge was better than him, and maybe, maybe that's something to that. We'll see. Keep an eye yeah. on that. So, uh, JT, yeah, we we oh. put it in racerhead. By the way, if folks want to see it. We looked at this Supercross season. In the last two years outdoors, when he's in the 250 class, the first half, second half, and it was yeah. like literally double the finish. It was like averaging a, you know, a second and then averaging a fifth, averaging a third, averaging a sixth, that type of thing. J- um, I was shocked how big that different yeah. differential was. JT, Tomac, and Kennard, not a whole lot of difference between them this weekend. Eli got a kind of a bad start in one moto. Um, and I guess, I, guess, I guess Tomac was a better guy in the, in the second moto. He was pretty fast. Um, yeah, I thought I, yeah. I thought Eli's fitness was pretty impressive. He was coming for Kenny. You know, I don't know what issues Kenny was dealing with, but mm-hmm. I do know Eli was on it at the end. He was pushing really hard, and you know there was incident with Tedesco at the end there that kind of ruined any chance at a last lap deal. But Kenny did pick it up with like two laps to go. He uh, he kind of responded to the Tomac charge. Um, well, did you did you look at the lap times? I didn't know. Uh, I okay, I need to. I need. Let me look that right now because something, something happened to uh, Tomac the last few laps. No, that was, well. I mean, the last lap, Tedesco. Yeah, got but, in his got in his way and but, he had to go off the track. But and, before that, he also sort of slowed his charge. Wait, I thought I thought that uh-huh. Roxon stepped it back up, but maybe you're right. Let me see. Roxon looked like he picked his intensity back up. Uh, Roxon did a. Two, you know what? Roxon did. He he. Uh, Roxon went two o four. Then the third last lap, he went a 206. Then Kenny did a 204, right back to a 204. So he dropped almost two seconds on his second last lap. Eli went uh, 203 on the third last lap. So he was three seconds faster than Roxon. Yep. Then Eli did a 205 and then a 208. The 208 right. was, was Tedesco induced. Yeah, the, the second to last lap when Roxon went back to a 204. I almost kind of saw him visually go, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I got to go. Yeah. I got to go here. Yeah. And you could see him kind of pick it back up. Because I, he, he, I think he thought he had him covered. And then, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So the interesting thing for me was what would have happened that last lap if Tedesco hadn't gotten in the way. 
because I think Eli was going for broke there, but I don't know that he could have found a way around. Does Does Eli Tomac win a race uh, in the next five, JT? Yes, he does. Yep. Weege. Yep, I agree. Not a moto, an overall. Yep, both agree? Yep. Yeah, okay. I think so. All right. Should be interesting to see. Kennard was with Roxon not looking, and I don't know. Like you said, I didn't know anything about the Roxon knee thing until just now. But Roxon looks beatable, and Tomac, if he gets in there, I no. think he is improving and showing improvement. He will be right there. I like Kenny. He's a great dude. I looked at his lap times. I don't buy. I, I'm sure he did jam his leg, and I'm sure he did freak out about it. But you know, he's also not going to say, "Hey, I got beat by a better guy" or whatever today. You know, because that's what, not what these guys do. But I, I do believe that that's what happened. Because he's lot. Well, he, Dungey, you know, Dungey's strongest asset is fitness. We all know that fitness yeah. and consistency. So on the hot day, you you know, I was mm-hmm. wondering what the dynamic would be between those two if it was really hot, and we kind of saw that. And I, I expected it. I think Kenny's faster. I think Kenny's more talented. But I think Ryan is. I think he's stronger. He's a little bit older. He's got a lot of experience in this class. He's got a lot of more years of base fitness, you know, into this, especially on the 450. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't that surprising to me to see Dungey, you know, better in the harsher conditions. How's the uh, JT? How's the Chad Reed panic button situation coming along? <sighs> I got a lot of tweets about this. Um, <laughs> it wasn't a good day. I, I felt really bad for him. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got, like I said, he's got this three-race thing that I've kind of mm-hmm. built up here. We'll see. I mean, whatever. It was, obviously, it wasn't a good day. I don't know what, you know, what am I supposed to say? It was, you know, a bad, bad day. What, why, do you know why he pulled off in a second moto? Yeah, a guy crashed in front of him on that uh, that triple up yep. uh, in the back, and he just plowed into him. Like, his arm, left arm is all bruised up, and his fingers are black and blue. So, hmm. Yeah, he hit him pretty good. I, I I didn't even know that it happened, but I sitting with him, I looking at his body, like he obviously hit something. Yeah. So bad yeah, day. It was, it was a bad day before that, but that made it worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First moto, he went down twice, right? Yeah, he went down on the start and then crashed. A, no, he pulled in the mechanics area after that. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much a waste of a day for him, honestly. Yeah, really, right? Yeah. Um. All right, well, just let us know the status as we go on. Well, I mean, what do you want me to You want to no, bury no. the guy? No, you no, want, no, of course not. Let no, me no. give you a shovel? No, no, I'm just, again, you know. Um, Weston Pike, though. Weege. Hot, humid, gnarly. Weston Pike's just like, bring it. Bring it, everybody. 6-5. Yeah, I talked to him um, in the morning. And he said, you know, he was just hoping that one of these days he actually gets a decent start. And I was trying to ask him, like, what the problem is. And the only theory he has is that, you know, the starts in uh, outdoors are disc up real deep. Uh, and they really pull the bike down. And he thinks maybe that his weight is a bigger disadvantage here than it is in Supercross. Yeah. Where the starts, you know, they don't disc up the dirt in Supercross. He's like, it's not like I was getting whole shots in Supercross, but it was like, yeah, before I was getting like, Kind of bad start. Now I'm just buried. And he yeah, he, he was, his helmet even had gouges out of it from taking on rocks and whatnot. Uh, this week he actually got pretty good starts. Eighth and fifth in the two motos. Yeah, yep. and it's like, okay, man, if you're going to say that, you got to back it up when you do it. And he really did. Like he, you know, I think we all know there's a certain ceiling. Like we don't expect him to run down Tomac, Canard, Rocks, and Dunge, Stu. But I guess the potential at this point has been set that he could be. 
the next best guy out of that group, and that's exactly what he was. Uh, and also, he didn't run the speed of those guys, but he was better than everybody else. And also, too, JT, when you watched him, I mean, no surprise, he was the, one of the few guys charging or looked to be charging. You know, like at the end of each moto. Yeah, no, he worked just, hard. You know, yeah. I mean, he's, that's how he's improved so much. He, you know, I expect him on days like that to be prepared, and he was. Do you think he gets that ride next year alongside Kenny Rockson? I don't know what to think. I've gone back and forth on it, and I've pretty much given up. I don't know. <laughs> Weege, what do you think? The only thing I've heard, there, there might be an easy way out for the team, because obviously it's a tough decision to make, and I know you even covered it on some cruddy website that you run. Um, right, didn't you do a story on this? Yeah, but I, I don't think it's a cruddy website. I think the one easy way out might be, Tickle's injury might be so long-lasting that it gives the team an out where he might not be ready early enough for them to truly make that decision. Mm-hmm. So they just have to go with Pike because he's just healthier earlier. Yeah, maybe, right? Right. Because uh, I would not want to make that decision. Uh, absolutely not. Because, you know, you want to have loyalty to Tickle. He's done a good job for the team. And honestly, it's like both guys at their best are pretty close, I would say. Mm-hmm. Not a massive difference. So what are you going with? Yeah. Are you going with maybe Pike ceiling's a little larger, but then you're taking a dude who did a good job for your team who was in the hospital and then kicking him to the curb for that? Yeah. Yeah, that, that I hurt. mean that that's the cruel cruel sport, no doubt. But you're right. right, yeah. So it would be very almost convenient for them to be like, Hey, Brock, we'll get you back out here at some point, you're not ready yet, we're just gonna go with Pike for now. Yeah. Yeah. Um Metcalf, in case anybody's wondering what was going on with Metcalf in the second moto, he had no rear brake. He got a rock in his caliper, bent the line. So it was a little weird to watch Metcalf sorta of just ride around out there. So, I don't know if you, either one of you two knew that. Um, I knew that only because, as only Brett Metcalf and a few guys would do, I saw him at the airport this morning. Mm-hmm. I was uh, getting breakfast at McDonald's and walking toward my gate, and he was walking. He saw me coming out of it, and then we were walking side by side, and I'm assuming like he's walking to his gate and I'm walking to mine. I was like, man, what happened to second motor? He explains the whole deal. Mm-hmm. We kind of bench raced about the day for a little bit, and then he's like, all right, man, I'll see you, and then he walks back to his gate. Like, he left his gate to walk with me yeah, just to chat for a little bit. Metcalf and maybe, what, three or four other good dudes would um, go out of the way to talk to idiots like us? Carmichael's done that with me a few times. Oh, yeah. Uh, remember, who can forget Metcalf? I really like your stuff, man. It's really good. Who can exactly. forget? Exactly. <laughs> who could forget you telling him that I said that he sucked? <laughs> no, I think I said blue chunks. Sucked balls. Suck sure balls. balls. Suck yeah. balls, right. I was trying to leave Stop it. out of this. Stop it. Um, JT did not believe in you. <laughs> Stop. I was playing it up for the camera. Terrible. This weekend I went over when the Transworld guy was doing his videos, and I went in the background and said, Transworld sucks, and then I left. So <laughs> I've always wanted to do that. Props to you. I did. I did. Antonovich, suck it. I did it. Um Hey, hey, I told Antonovich he's got to do your show on Thursday. Is he going to do it? He told me that you said that, and then he told me that he doesn't like talking. Oh. And I'm like, and I'm like if, you don't, if you don't like talking, it's tough to do a radio show. <laughs> it's tough for me to just be one, you know, it's just silence on the other end. So, I just feel like there are other people, you know, at the races like us that have information and things to say and things they learn. And, you know, there's, there's more than just the... 
I mean, seriously, you're trying to come up with co-hosts for your Monday night show. I mean, there's not a very wide range of people to pick. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about co- trying to help people graduate into that level of a dude that can talk on the phone for 20 minutes who's been to a lot of races and yeah. knows what's going on? You saw my co-host for tomorrow night's show. He's struggling with the check-in process. I wouldn't say struggling. You seem pumped. Yeah, that's a good point. You're right. Exactly. Um, can we get a JGR update, Weege? Uh, man, it's a lot to go through. we got three guys. Good starts. Their bikes are fast. Sweet Jesus are their bikes good. Man. Like, motor-wise. Yeah, which one of you were calling hole shots before they even happened? I've done it twice this year, and I've been right pretty much both times. Because JT, J- you were giving the bike props too, weren't you? J. Uh, Grant would have had it in the second moto had he not just kind of kicked the back end out, you know, once he got around the corner. Yeah, in the first moto, wasn't it all three? Yes, one, all two, three, three into the first, first three there. Yeah, in the first moto, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Nicoletti's not going to Millville, so boo on Coy Gibbs. Did you see Coy Gibbs' T-shirt? Did he show you two guys? No. All black T-shirt. It just says suck it on the front and the back. Come on. That's it. J-Bone said he's been very excited about it all day to show me. That's a good shirt. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a team owner, Joe Gibbs' yeah, he, son, wearing suck it t-shirt. He could license those out to Hustler, I bet. Maybe. <laughs> uh, uh, Brayden, uh, I think, what he got hit in the hand of the rock. Yeah, I got hit in the photo fr- When he went from yeah. first to way back. Yeah, 14th. And he said he kind of got an x-ray and... It was playing with him out there on the track, playing with his mind a little bit. Like, is it broken? Oh, my God, should I pull in? Blah, blah, blah. He went kind yeah. of backwards. Second moto, ninth is, you know, that's where he should be, 5 to 9, 5 to 10. So. And Grant has been, again, Grant's been consistent. 9-6 for J.D., but what happened to the well, first? Mr. Consistency, we, we know this about him. Exactly. There's Cal Ripken, and there's Josh Grant. They answer <laughs> the bell. They're out there every day. Uh and Nicoletti, man, I, honestly, I know his deal. I know what his de- I wrote this in my column. I know what his deal is. He signed the deal. He accepted it. But I don't like it. They had three guys. No, 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 no. You can't say that now. Like. You can't say that now. No. You were the biggest supporter of this. You were. You were driving this train. You well, said that other yeah. people were going to start doing it. I did. I said Corey Gibbs was innovator. Mm-hmm. I don't know if other people will start doing this. I, I don't know anymore. You know, I've... I've got a few things right in, in my radio show career. I've also gotten plenty of things wrong. Um, I, they should take him. Come on. Just take him. He's doing, his good, he's doing a good job. It costs money, dude. Oh, come on, dude. It's Joe Gibbs. I'm not sure if you know this, but they just signed a rider for a lot of money. Yeah, but it's Joe Gibbs, man. Guy won Super Bowls. Joe Gibbs. It says JGR. That's Joe Gibbs. He won, a lot, he won a couple Super Bowls, man. Yeah, those pay a lot. I would take them. Um, you should. You should. Hey. Uh, you should do like Chris Boys on the two-stroke. Yeah, that, <laughs> that went well. <laughs> Not even made the 40-man gate. Couldn't win that day, could he? Could he? Oh. <laughs> Not touching wow. that one. <laughs> All right. Ow. Um. Let's talk about Norn and Stewart. Because they really (laughs) Mookie or or James. (laughs) Well, what happened to Mookie? Ronnie. Does anybody have the Mookie story? I don't know what what, what went on. Did he he didn't even start second moto, did he? Yes, he did. He did start it. Okay, so he must have went down 
early. I don't remember seeing him out there. And then the first moto wasn't good for him. Ronnie didn't he have was a good top day. Ten, then yeah, uh, dropped out of yeah, went uh, backwards. Thirteenth, yeah, right at the end. Uh, then the second moto, he was doing pretty good again. Actually, he got a really bad start, was moving forward, and then pulled off. I don't know if it was the heat or what it was, mm-hmm. but he was on my fantasy team, and I was very unhappy. Oh, and this again. So, um, Fred- I did talk to Mookie um, early in the day, and he said he was his shoulder was so jacked up from last week's multiple crashes that he could not even put his goggles on. The mechanic had to put his goggles on for him. Really? So Jeez. I don't know if that was related. I, well, I figured it had to be some lingering effects. I thought it was maybe more like his head or something, but I knew it was from last right. weekend. I didn't so, wasn't yeah. that mad about that. It just kind of was a bummer. Norin gets 10th in the first moto. He goes from 16th to 9th in the second moto before he eats crap up the uphill triple. This is turning into a pretty good story, JT. Like, he's, yeah, he's riding well. when you get a really good bike. Okay, are we going to go there? This is where you want to go. You want to go and compare a difference between a KTM out of the back of a van to a factory Honda. Do you not think that's apples to oranges? The colors are. Very good. Good job. Oranges <laughs> to apples. Uh, you're a dick. Look, don't. I'm glad you two find that funny. That's great. Um, that is good, JT. <laughs> look, uh. He's he's picked it up, man. We talked about it when he got the ride. And Chase Stallo said 9 to 12, didn't he? And we laughed at Chase, or we mocked him anyways. No, I said 9 to 12. What did Chase say? I don't know. He probably said first. <laughs> he probably did. <laughs> he probably right. said somewhere behind. Cade Clayson. Cade Clayson. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, man. Uh, he's riding very well. This is a nice story. Like, he could do better, you know? Strong, too. Yeah, that, that was the dude. impressive part to me is strong. Like, in shape, passing dudes, not intimidated, in shape, like, really good at the end of the moto. Yeah, it's good. Good for him. Yeah. Um, what do you think from Norrin? We, we what's, what's a hot can, – can Norrin get fifth? Can Norrin get fifth? Mm, I don't know about that, but that almost sounds like an insult. Like, I know you're, I know you're getting with this. It was cool, like – Almost just as, like, it's the thought that counts. He's got the bike, that the results are going to be whatever, but it's cool they did this. Yeah. But I know what you're saying. Like, now it's like, oh, wait, no, he's actually going to deliver some pretty yeah. awesome results, too. Yeah, like, he's actually good, you know? I don't think he'll get a fifth only because, I mean, especially when you're throwing Tomac back in that mix, that's just tough. Do you have something against uh, Swedish Swedish people? I like their fish. Their fish? fish. good. Meatballs, good. <laughs> got many of the furniture items. Courtesy of Ikea here in my house, because the price is right, as you know. Produce some great hockey players as well. I'm sure they do. Um, but uh, I don't know about a fifth, but uh, to, to come up with a result that sounds really, really good, to, to prove the point that he's riding really well, I will say sixth. How about that? It's a good job, though. I'm impressed with the guy. He's definitely stepped it up. He, got, he had more time to practice this week. Said he changed the suspension a little bit on the bike. So... I'm calling it. I'm calling it right now. Washugal, he is going to be good. I'm calling it right now. Okay. Yep. Right. He got a, he got like an eighth there a couple years ago when he was no one even knew who he was. No, I knew who he was. He was wearing X brand goggles. I I know we know who he was. Oh. 
Um, I'm I'm, at, I'm at the general people. I'm calling it right now. Dungy's good this weekend. Millville. I'm calling it. Really? Yep. Come on. You can't compare those two. You can't compare a privateer KTM to a factory Honda with all the support and people. I know, but you can't say, I can't call. If I call Nori and get a Washugo, that's not anything. The same ballpark as uh, Dungy and Millville. Your mom's the same ballpark as Dungy and Millville. Um, hey, why did Stewart pull off in a second moto? Do we know? He crashed, and then he was kicking the side but, of the bike like the radiator side. Yeah. yeah. Kicking it and kicking it, and then went to the mechanics area and kicked it again and then pulled off. But what does that mean? From talking to the guys down there, they said it wasn't spitting coolant or anything. Like it was, like what? I was thinking maybe he bent the radiator, and then if you bend it, and then the shroud sticking out, you can't stick your leg out, and it jacks with you everywhere. That's the only thing I, I'm guessing. Yeah, but would you pull off for that, JT? Of. I mean, if you can't turn right, like if you stick your leg out and it hits everywhere, I don't know. I mean, he was already he was still in fifth, which was the weird thing to me. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I don't really have a for sure answer because I was. Haven't talked uh, to him. But. I'm, I'm surprised. I picked him for the win. By the way, again, you did <laughs> in fantasy moto and in the pre race podcast because he was he got his best time in practice and uh, it was in the first practice when no one was going that fast and I just thought it would be the day and everything would line up. But hey, never mind the pulling off. JT, the first moto flat out, he didn't have the speed and then it looked like he didn't have the fitness either. Like yeah, I don't. I don't think he can beat either of the two KTM guys right now. I, I don't know what, where he found that at Mount Morris. You know, and I, I'm obviously he still has it, but well, that's the, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. It, it was like a perfect storm that day. Like both of them didn't get the start at the beginning, and strange. I mean, he. I don't know if it's the the stress of this whole deal that you think nothing's going to matter or everything's all good over there. But ever since that news has come out, it's been bad news for the the number seven camp. Yeah, I wonder. You know, it's hard to it's hard to think it's not related. You can't crash every single moto and DNF every moto and not think it has something to do with it, mentally, physically, something. Yeah. Well, in that second moto, uh, Eli Tomac was just like, "See you later." Like I gotta go. You it was know, weird. didn't Stu get ahead of Kennard at one point? Yeah, yeah, he got into third. Kennard got him like, back. Okay, he's, yeah, he's got Kennard covered. He caught him. He passed him. It's done. And then Kennard got him. And then they and Tomac got him. And then they, just, they dropped him. I can't figure it out, man. <laughs> I don't know. Like JT oh. said, there's got to be a connection. I don't know exactly. Yeah, it's going to be a fuzzy connection for sure. It's like Ye- is he yeah busy during the weekend. He's not been able to ride or train as much. Like it's just. There's got to be some sort. No, of... I, 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 I'm with, I'm with JT. There's got to be some sort of mental thing where you're like, oh man, I don't know. I don't know. It's, a, it's a mental sport, no doubt about it. We've talked over and over about that. Stress, stress is uh, something that you can't underestimate. I, I think. Yeah. No, absolutely. I agree. Um. I mean, what if he, if he really does need Adderall, and he can't, fo- can't keep his focus for that long without it. I mean, we have to consider that, right? Yeah. You know, I don't think you're out of line saying that. Like, I I heard somebody say that after Muddy Creek, and I'm like, come on. It's like a damn light switch. Mm -hmm. But I think at this point, considering how quickly things have gone downhill, I don't think any of us are saying, like, we know unequivocally this is the deal. Of course, yeah. But it's certainly... I think you're right. It's certainly yeah, but something to consider. I'm I'm thinking if he needs it, 
he's been prescribed legally by a doctor and he needs Adderall, regardless of the tests and all that's going on, he's taking it. It's a medicine for it to live his life. So why would he go off it? And therefore, we're speculating. Well, if he doesn't you know, have a TUE, he has to be off of it, correct? Mm, I mean, the, the, the barn door's already open on that, right? Like, well, I'm, I'm just saying if he's trying to uh, not get banned or you, you would think if he's trying to abide by the rules and he doesn't have a TUE, you would not take it. I, I would think that would be the logical yeah. move. Well, I've been told that he has a TUE and it's all going to be good. So <laughs> I've just, heard I just say that. Um, hey, uh, Christian Craig came back. He, he said he wasn't even going to go out for the second moto. He was so tired. And his father-in-law, Jeff Myshak, was telling him, don't go out. He decided to go out. He was literally cruising out there. Like, seriously, standing up, putting around the outsides of the track. Somehow he got 14th. Pretty good, I got to say. I told him after the race. I'm like, I don't know how you got 14th. You must be really fast even when you're just cruising. So, uh, Is had last a g- week's podcast or this week's? I know, right? Uh, the exact same thing. Yeah. Well, wait. What does that say about what does that say about the I don't know what the the field or his speed or what like that says something, doesn't it? I think he was he just found the pace and set it and continued. There were so many guys that were just gave up. Literally, were riding around DNF pulled off. Uh, I mean, you didn't have to be setting a blistering pace out there to get points. I, I was watching very closely. There were a lot of guys that were just kind of cruising around. Tedesco, Way, Reed, Sipes. Some vets had some tough days. Stu. Stu, Mookie, Ronnie, Ronnie Stu. Yeah. Did anybody witness Tedesco with no helmet on riding the last I, lap? I watched it, yes. Could, I, I actually couldn't look away. What, what was the deal? I heard he got really lit into by the AMA guys. Right, rightfully so. Right. He should have. So he... He looked. By the way, he looked tired. He looked exhausted. I, I, he probably should have pulled off. But so, just to break it down for you, uh, to, uh, Roxon and Tomac come up on him with just after the white flag. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe an eighth of a lap after. Roxon makes way, his way around. Uh, he really didn't get out of Roxon's way per se, but Roxon gets around. Tedesco is still racing Tomac, just, just as he was with Roxon, but Roxon found a way around. Uh, doesn't get out of Tomac's way, then crashes trying to stay in front of him. I'm watching this all like with my mouth like draw dropped. Uh, Tomac or Tedesco crashes, gets up, can't start his bike, and I'm, he's on my fantasy team as I said, so I'm watching him very closely. Can't start his bike, kicking, kicking, kicking. He's obviously, he, you know, I'm not sure for people who haven't been in this situation, but when you're in a racing a really hot race, you've been trying the whole moto. When you crash and stop, all the heat catches up to you. Yeah, all that wind and air you've been getting from actually moving quickly stops. So your body temperature rises really quickly. So he's kicking the bike. It's getting worse. You can just tell he's overheated. So he takes his helmet off. I'm like, what is he doing? Why are you taking your helmet off? You're in the middle of a race. And then he just takes off. <laughs> rides the whole rest of the, way, the lap, jumping jumps. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like freaking out. And he's just, yeah, no problem. Over the finish line. He did a lap without a helmet on. Yeah, yep. uh, three well, quarters of one. Know, three quarters. Six, yeah, 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 exactly. Three quarters. <laughs> I mean, ever been witnessed by either of you two at any point? The oh, I've never seen it before. No, no. The um, I've seen some halftime shows like I d- that. But. I did see J Law pull onto the supercross track and do some laps in the mid moto. There was that. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
ridiculous. I, I don't know what Ivan was thinking. That's weird. It's weird. He had deal. to just be hallucinating out of his mind, overheated. Yeah. Only yeah. possible yeah. explanation. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And he looked like he was struggling, so that could be. JT, who had 2015 in Genny Mikhailov poll? I don't think any of us did. Uh, I had 1916. Oh, close. Yeah, close. Um, all right. Anything else? Or want to move on to 250s? Kind of behind a little bit here. So, uh, Do we think that Dunge is going to make a run at this thing, or was that just a one-off? I think Dunge wins this weekend, but I still think it's Kenny's. I do, too. I think unless the weather just really turns it up here and, and gives uh, Dunge the edge, I think that Kenny's just but do you He's think got a little bit of a speed advantage? Are you with me in saying Dunge wins this weekend, though, Millville? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely expect him to win. Although, although I do think knowing knowing Kenny's personality, he is going to make it a mission to try to beat Dunge at his home track. I really do yeah, believe that. Like he's gonna he's gonna give it everything he has. Forget the points. Forget. I mean, he's not going to try to. You know, he's not going to take a chance on hurting himself. But right. He really, I'm sure, wants. That's just how these guys are. That's like yeah, how yeah. Bill Poto was. He wants. He wanted to be Dunge there. Yeah. So, I will. I look for that to be interesting. Yeah. Still like rocking for the title. Um, I, do too. I agree. Twenty six hey. points at this point. When when you think when the best guy or you perceive best guy has twenty six points, it's hard not to pick him. Two mm-hmm. fifties. Um, Weege, is this? Is this um, a real boost for Blake Baggett or a demoralizing loss for Jeremy Martin? Or does this mean anything, what we saw at Bud's Creek, in your opinion? Do you think this alters the title chase at all? I don't think it does that much because we've already saw Martin deal with this already and prove that it, he, it doesn't get him down. He said it didn't get him down the first time. And I think we were all almost making fun of that. You know, when uh, the, the thing, things were really not going his way at Muddy Creek and High Point, he kept saying there's nothing to worry about. Or is that you? Is that you? Um, I think you both said it. Well, yeah, I mean, we were laughing because he said it's just like a cross-country race. I got a red plate. Right. I'm going to treat it like, yeah. then he came back at Redbud, and he was really good again this weekend. He didn't win, but he was really good. Mm-hmm. So I think at this point, when he says there's nothing to worry about, you have to take that at face value. Like, apparently, he's all right. Like, he's not, you know, getting stressed out or the pressure's not getting to him, he's fine. So, no, I don't think it's a big deal anymore. We've seen that he's gotten beat. He's been able to bounce back. Uh, I think he'll be okay. I mean, I I still think that even the points, I mean, Baggett's still down by a whole moto. I I believe that's totally, uh, he's totally able to make that up just because class is so deep. You know, again, that's the Mm -hmm. difference between a 1-1 and a 5-5 on one random weekend, which is very possible. Mm -hmm. But, But, But in general... For sure, I think Martin's still fine. JT, but we just talked about you know riders and different different confidence things and things you're going on in your head and things that you want to do. If you're Baggett, you're like I I caught this fool, and you maybe you say fool or maybe you use another word. Uh, I caught this fool by six seconds back after finally getting around Purcell, and I dropped him. I'm the man. This is it. I'm on the roll. Right, I mean, this yeah, is... but he's got a lot of ground to make up. Yeah, but and, and I think that I think he's going to have even more ground to make up after Millville. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm not saying that myself. But if you're Baggett, you're like, this could maybe be the boost that you need. This could be the 
I'm sure yeah, he got confident. him straight up at high point. He got him straight up at high point. He had him covered at Muddy Creek. He's already been through this, and then was like, crap, the dude came back and even beat me again at, at Redbud. Like, he tried to do it at Redbud. He couldn't quite pull it off. So but, isn't that proof right there that it's you can't take for granted that now I got him covered, I'll just smoke him every moto, and we'll be good. Yeah. The problem That was the already problem on delivery once, and it got shut down. If the point gap was zero, if, there, if the season starts now, sure. But it doesn't. Martin has a big lead. No, I thought it did. And I, and I think it, we're going into Martin's best track. So, sure, Baggett could win this weekend. Baggett's done very well at Millville. But I think there's a better chance that Martin wins. And then it's an even bigger lead. So well, Martin, Martin rode well that first motor to hold him off. You know? He did. So. I, I don't think Martin is wavering. I think he's yeah. the last two weekends he's been very solid. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a lot more from Baggett. He's going to have to just win out, really. I mean, and he's going to need help. Yep. I just don't see it right now. I mean, as good as Baggett is riding, I think Martin is doing what he needs to do as well. Yeah, probably. Uh, I think you also see at the end of the year, <clears throat> you, you start running out of time because if you get down to the last maybe two rounds, you really start seeing the difference between the two guys that are going for a title. Yeah. Like, yeah. They don't get they don't start they don't get sevenths anymore. No, there aren't no, any variations. Yeah, the, yep. the dudes are out of right. it are like whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. all the so, guys that are all the guys that are out of it don't care. Yep, They're just mailing so, it in at the end. Yes. So the the Bogles, the Andersons, the Justin Hills, Porcel, all the guys that could potentially steal points away from them, they will not be there. You know, if it's the last round mm-hmm. to, to steal points, it, it just doesn't work that way. Um. Yeah, it was a good race between those two guys, though. It's interesting. I like watching sort of the psychological race within a race between them and seeing how the guy's catching them and wearing them down and getting them. And, like, Porcel held Baggett up bad, and Martin stretched it out. And, like, can ba- Baggett needs to get by him. Can he get by him? Is there enough time? He needs to do it. Like, there's a whole little dynamic going on that's really interesting to watch. As far as Porcel, though, like, I don't know, JT. There's, some, there's a little bit of rider etiquette on the track. You hear it in post-race interviews, and certainly you were a racer as well. You hear it in post-race interviews. Man, I caught the guy from way back. I was going faster. You know, and, and all he did was take me out or, or he blocked me so bad. There's got to be a little rider who's kind of getting a little cheesed off at the 377, you think? Uh, yeah, but, I mean, all they have to do is do something about it. I see Bogle and Webb and these guys just running each other off the track and crazy aggressive. So all they have to do is that. You know, I don't, yeah. But don't you feel like they can be as frustrated as they want? But there, Purcell's just smarter. There is rider etiquette though out there a little bit, and it's like an unwritten rule. It's like it's like not walking on a team's logo on the carpet in the dressing room or whatever. But um, define etiquette in which way? Like I caught you, I'm all over you. Don't let me by, but you know, don't shut me off either. Type deal, you know? No, definitely not. I nope. mean, because there's there's guys that are like, dude. You know, I don't think so. I think if you, unless it's to the point of where you're like cross jumping and stuff like that, I, I don't. I don't think so. No. I think Purcell knows that's his strength is outsmarting guys. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I watch. I literally watch some of these guys, these younger guys, just trying to kill each other. So for them to talk about etiquette, you no, mean, I'm. I'm not buying it. Should they try to be? Kill Purcell, quote unquote. You know, lightly. You know, obviously not literally. Well, I think I yeah. think they are. I think, just think Purcell knows. I think he's yep. he kind of understands what their tactics are, and he plans accordingly. Is this? I'm sure they would love to. You don't think that if they're voicing their frustrations on the podium, their frustrations are ten times more in the middle of the race. Yeah, in the heat yeah. of the moment. Yeah. 
Like, I don't know what else. It is what makes his strategy so brilliant. Not only does he hold them off incredibly well, but he also never gives you even once the opportunity to punt him. Like, he's also, not only is he blocking you, but he's blocking you in such a way that you can't run him off. You know, he can't run into him or anything. Is the, he's always on the inside. He's always getting you at the end of the corner where you have no room. Yeah. It's, I'm sure, like JT said, I'm sure these guys would love to hit him. There's never once an opportunity to do it, somehow. Is the, is the comeback getting worse here? Are we going to see Porcel? I feel, like there's, I feel like there's bigger gaps going on here last couple weeks. Yes, no? Like, I feel like he's slipping. He's slipping or the other guys are stepping up. You, you call it, but. I think I might be with you on that. If anything, he hasn't, he hasn't gotten closer, which, you know, hey, he hasn't raced for a long time, and it's, the team is new, and the bike is new to him, and you kind of thought he would build, right? A little bit. At the very least, he hasn't gotten better. I don't want to. I don't know. Sure, he's gotten worse. Yeah, maybe the other guys have gotten better. You know, I don't. But know. it's kind of like, hey, if he gets third at Hangtown, which he did, you're like, okay, third at Hangtown, yeah. give him a few weeks. But instead, he's actually at at least the same, or even a little bit worse than round two, which you didn't kind of think it would go that way. No. Um, speaking of going that way, why don't you go to btosports.com? Use the code PulpMX to save yourself money on this btosports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. From Chicken Matasevich to Roxon to Ryan Dungey, foxhead.com. And also, too, if you need suspension work, you need something done with your suspension, uh, listen to this Race Tech commercial. Use the code PulpMX14 to save yourself money on that. And we'll be right back. BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their, their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people. At least uh, change your oil in your new bike. Use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech is the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the Do It Yourself Gold Valve Kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Race tech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Jason Anderson. Um, JT definitely uh, looking at him on the podium and um, seeing his second moto. Result, the first moto win of his career in a great ride, terrific ride. Uh, it definitely took something out of him. Yeah, it did. Um, but, yeah, he did ride great. I mean, he rode great all day. The second moto wasn't obviously what I'm sure he wanted, but uh, practice, both practices were awesome. And then the first moto, I mean, he let those guys catch him at the end, but he was gone. I mean, he he ran away from those guys beginning past through yeah. the guys. And, I, you know, breakout ride for him. 
I don't know if he'll be able to follow it up. It was kind of a weird day because he's been struggling a little bit, mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, even though he did get a third, you know, last weekend, um, I, it was very impressive to say the least. And, and like I said, it was kind of an all-day thing until the you know the second moto looked like he was a little bit, you know, that first moto took it out of him a bit. I guess if you do it once, though, you can do it again, right? This, in his mind, this is a big step. Oh, for sure. And I think yep. a lot of people had kind of been like, yeah, he was so good at the beginning and what's going on now? And, and then, yeah, I mean, and, definitely kind of reinforced that he was not messing around. And Weege, like JT said, at practice he was great, both practices. Maybe a home track? Home track for the New Mexican? Um, yeah, it's it's hard to really, you know, put too much emphasis on emphasis on it when you have a home track every week, but sure, yeah, we yeah. can use it. Yeah, why not? Millville hey, then. Home w- track too. Weege, you gotta tell people the Wardy stories. After the oh. race. After the race. Yeah. Oh, I we'd bring this up. So Mattis and I are talking to each other after the race, and we happen to see Jeff Ward over there sitting on a cooler. Um, and I'm like, I just had a feeling how Ward would feel about, what did, what did Anderson do? 1-6? S- 7. 1-7? Yeah. Oh, even worse. So I had a feeling how Ward would feel, so I just yell. I just yell in Ward's general direction. If you get win one, you should win the other. 1-6 ain't going to cut it. And Ward pretty much backed up those thoughts. You're not exactly telling the whole story. The gnarliest Jeff Ward was. We were like, so do you think the heat got him? Well, I don't know. He's walking around here like everything's fine. It's not like he left it all out there on the track. <laughs> walking around like he's got energy left. And then he, he tells nothing left. And then he tells us a story about how he had to get a wheelbarrowed out of a track one time. Yeah. They had to put him in a wheelbarrow and take him to his <laughs> rental car. Yeah. Yeah. He was cramping up. Locking up and overheating so bad they had to put him in a wheelbarrow at the Six Flags Atlanta National yes. in 1984. But yet Anderson's walking around, so he he must and be saying he's tired, right? <laughs> and then we said, "So what? What did he even get in the second motor? Did he get sixth, or yeah. what was it?" And he yeah. said, "If I can't fit it on the one hand, the fingers on my one hand, I lose count." <laughs> <laughs> Awarded. Oh, I had to get wheelbarrowed out. That's 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 the standard. And when you're like, "Hey, man, I really left it out there." Did you get wheelbarrowed? No. Well, then you didn't leave it all out there. Wheelbarrowed him into a rental car. <laughs> Dumped him into a rental car from a wheelbarrow. <laughs> JT, you ain't shit. You never get wheelbarrowed out of a track. How do you know that? <laughs> I don't remember. I've no. I've been in every one of your races. I don't remember you in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I remember probably we were some privateers, bro. That's how we came to the race. Hey, probably at some after parties, you were in a wheelbarrow. But <laughs> <laughs> oh. Frank pushed me and my bike in a wheelbarrow from Florida to half of the races that year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Where did the wheelbarrow even come from? Who has a wheelbarrow around the track? I don't know. It's the mid eighties. John Ayers. Yeah, yeah. John Ayers probably charged him for it. He said he's tired, but he's walking around here. So I don't think he's that tired. <laughs> exactly. That was the. That's the dividing line. Are you walking? <laughs> oh man, good times for Jeff Ward. Hey, um, JT, another one of your guys, Dean Wilson. When do yeah. we? When do we hit the panic button on this? No, I'm not hitting the panic button on Dean. Okay. Not at all. Okay. Nope. All right. He crashed. Crashed on the start. Uh, he was. I mean, he he had a rough day, but he rode well. I don't think it had anything to do with his riding at all. Just uh, well, he got seventh in the first moto. 
Yeah, and the second Marty crash on the yeah, yeah. Like last. I know, but but guess what? Marvin was also last and was about ten seconds behind Dean, and caught and passed him. Okay, well, if you want to hate Dean, I don't that's hate your prerogative. Dean. Oh God, I'm the one who's been saying like I, he should be up there. Like I expect more from him. I know because no, he's I, so gnarly. Dean, Dean's going to get better. I really do believe that. We haven't seen we haven't seen the end of Dean this year yet. We haven't seen the end of it. Well, thank God for that. <laughs> well, as far as him being a threat. Right, right. Um, Anthony Rodriguez, Weege, he's been quietly pretty good. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the dude looks like without a helmet off. No no clue, but. Latin. Guy's been pretty good. You want him to kind of do it like Tedesco there so you get an idea? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, dear, An- dear, dear Anthony, take your helmet off and do some laps. Um, he's been good though, man. Like the guy, he had a problem staying upright in Supercross, and even this year he crashed at Glen Helen and missed uh, one or two races. But hey, man, ninth overall. Yeah, and you think about that class and how, I mean, stacked it is. That's not bad for you know a guy in his first pro year to just jump in there and be getting ninth mm-hmm. here and there. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. And when you consider that he's got two teammates and Porcel getting in there. I mean, Yamaha is consistently getting four of the top ten in most of the motos. Oh, they've long been a juggernaut. We've known that. <laughs> long time. Oh, by the way, I talked to somebody that said uh, Davalos and Osborne, and we kind of knew this, but Davalos and Osborne are doing the Rockstar Husky next year. So, just I don't know if I actually had heard it, like, done, stamped. This one was stamped. Davalos, so, back to the team. Back to the team, yeah. So, But at least a new brand. Yeah, that's true. Is it is it still the same team in a new brand? Like if if uh, Chisholm goes back to that team and he doesn't, he's not riding a candidate Cowie anymore. We need to get a chart together of the history of the, both teams, Rockstar Suzuki and the team that is now Rockstar Husky, because they weren't even the same at one point, then they yeah. became the same. Yeah. Do we count the I, WBR I really team in up. that chart? What's that? Does WBR, the WBR team that turned into Rockstar, is it somewhere I in that chart? So. I think so. And then wasn't there a Rockstar Suzuki? There was a non-really factory-ish rock. Like, wasn't Burner on, like, a not-really factory that was, Rockstar Yeah, that was WBR. That was the WBR team. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was WBR molded into that. Ugh, can and I then, even keep up? Let's not forget the Bill's Pipe Rockstar Suzuki oh, team. Oh, please, do not forget. <laughs> Speaking of. What? Speaking of Rockstar Bills Pipe Suzuki, one of their star riders was back. Oh, J-Law. He was back at Bud's Creek. And the other, the other one, Mike Brown, was up in Canada racing a Husky. Yes. You know. And not homologated. Right. Uh, J-Law got kicked out. He was partying Saturday night, and he had his bike in the back of his pickup truck, and word is he was going through the pits at a high rate of speed. When they caught in a him truck. in a truck, in a pickup truck, and they said, you got to go. And he said, you know who I am? And they said, nope, you got to go. And the other guy was like, one of the guys was like, uh, that's Jason Lawrence. And the guy, and the guy who was kicking him out was like, I don't care. You got to go. But then he was back on Sunday, I guess. People said they saw him on Sunday. Or Saturday, I mean, sorry. It's Friday night, and then he was back on Saturday. So, um, Hey, better, better name. In the MX two fifty MX class, Erky Caro, or we got a new one this week, Clarion Chapiski, Chapiski, Clarion, Clarion, like the stereo. That's a great name, right? 
Clarion Hotel. Chapisky. Or, or the hotel. Yeah, either one. I still like Erky Cairo, I think. I still feel like I've heard Big James say Erky Cairo at some point. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I don't know what he was describing, but... Right. Maybe Matt Gerke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happened to Matt Gerke this weekend, JT? Any, any news on that? I mean, not what happened. He did well, but like any sort of updates on that? Uh, no, he was good. Yeah. I thought he was all right. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no specifics about anything? Um, you know? No, not really. It's all good. Okay. Uh, Moose he, was, he was hoping to have a kind of a breakout day, and he was calling it, but oh, still yeah. was better than he's been. Did he have a, a good phrase of the day or anything? Um... He have? did have some. I, I gotta think about it. Did have some, some good stuff. I'm just blanking yeah. right now. The team, the BTO Sports KTM team, likes to write down on the dry erase board a Matt Gurky saying of the day. There's been some epic ones. So, hey, Zach Bell kind of hasn't. I haven't seen him up front much. Usually gets good starts. Has been struggling on the start front lately. Yeah. Uh, Alex Martin came from the back both motos. Kyle Cunningham was 10th or 11th in the first moto with a lap to go and his, his motor let go. And then it was so late getting it in that he missed the parade lap um, for the second moto. He just got to the line as the gate dropped. Stressful times for Kyle Cunningham. Um, wow. Got to be tough out of, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what his program is, but I know it's not yeah, probably as good as he could want. Pitting out with Kyle Peters. Right. So, uh, Muscan's second moto charge from, you know, 40th place, 10 seconds down of 39th to 14th. I like that. It's good to see. It was hot and shitty and rough and all that, and it's good to see. Good job, Marvin. Yeah, he's training with Dunge. You know it's not an easy program down there. Yeah. We got LeMay with Shorty. We got Seeley with Brayton. We got Jesse Nelson with the Roxon. And we got, uh, what'd you say? Dunge. We got Marvin with Dunge. There's some yep. serious cross training going on here. And Jeremy Martin. Well, he lived, yeah, but Martin's always down there. I, I meant kind of like visiting. Oh, new ones. Yeah, new guys. Okay. Um, Dino with Chad. Yeah, yeah, but well, he lives there. Doesn't doesn't count. Well, he just he only got there two weeks ago. Oh. Um. What eight? Why can't? Why can't? Yes. You there? Okay. Uh, yeah. I thought you were zoning out. No, well, I mean, I was kind of waiting for the question. You're going to Loretta's, right? Yep. Who's going to be the kid from Loretta's that makes some noise at the Nationals? Is there somebody? Uh, it's actually going to depend, I believe, on the injury status of um, Geico's two guys. I think Jordan Smith is probably considered, you know, all systems go, maybe the fastest or the best out of the group, but he's had some gnarly injuries. He did squeak it in there, and he did qualify. He got to the races he needed to get to, but I, I guess it still kind of matters. He broke a femur, I think, at Minio's, and then once he healed up from that, they realized he had a torn ACL. So, that's a step oh, back. So he's, yeah. so he's, he, but he's racing Loretta's and he's going to go pro? Yeah, yeah. So he did qualify. He did get in. Um, but I just don't know if mm-hmm. he's going to be fully at 100%. Then obviously you have Tim Ferry's guy, RJ Hampshire, and yeah. then Plessinger. He's probably gotten the most attention because he was racing arena cross and, and things like that while these other yeah. guys were hurt. Uh, Hampshire had an injury, too. I think it was a wrist injury. Yeah, wrist or hand or something, yeah. So it's a real sliding scale based on how healthy these guys are. A lot of times, what really sucks for some of these kids sometimes, they go to Loretta's, they're there, they're not quite 100%, but it's the only week that people really are watching, and then it, it kind of messes with them. I, I even feel like that's how Jeremy Martin snuck under the radar. 
he was probably considered the best guy of his year, and then he got hurt right before Loretta's and didn't race it. And then Zach Bell was maybe the next best guy, and he won the Horizon Award and whatnot. But it should have been Jeremy Martin's year to shine. He missed it just because he got hurt right before it. Mm-hmm. And uh, now it's like, wow, it's still almost surprising that he's doing this. Had he killed Loretta's that year, things might seem totally different right now. So right. I think it's going to come down to who's healthy out of those three guys. You wouldn't have people going, eh, if he had killed it. Yeah, literally. Like, literally, right. exactly. Because yeah. like, if you look at what usually happens each year, right, like the year before, I think it was maybe Bogle was the guy the year before, and, you know, he killed Loretta's and then came out of the Nationals and was up front and yeah. almost won a moto at Pala at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so who knows what Martin would have done had he had not been hurt, but instead he was, eh. So, you didn't really say, but so, you, well, you're kind of saying, like, Pessinger might be the most prime because he's injury-free to make yeah, a Yeah, I think it all comes down to, right. I, I feel like Jordan Smith's speed is ridiculous when he's on, but I just don't know what condition he's in. So, considering that, mm-hmm. I, I would think Plessinger is the one people are maybe watching going in. I think just, Jordan Smith Especially with those ready. arena cross results. Is up. Uh, go ahead, JT. Uh, I talked to him a little bit, um, and I talked to the guys that down there, and I think he'll be ready. Should who, be good to go. Who are you talking about? You didn't really say. Jordan Smith. Oh, Jordan sorry. Smith. Okay. Yeah. All right. Those are gnarly injuries, though. Yeah, but I think he's he's been riding for a while. He raced Mammoth. He won Mammoth. Um, yep. I think by the time, you know, he still has another, what, six weeks or whatever, or maybe a little bit less than that. But uh, No, I, it's, it's coming be, up quick. It's only like three. Until he races? After Loretta? Yeah, Loretta's the end of July. Okay. So what, what would be the first it. race? I think the 28th or something. Something like that. No, no, for the Nationals, I mean. Oh, I guess Unadilla. Yeah, oh, if you're if you're not counting Loretta's and you're just looking at the first National, I think Unadilla's yeah. August 9th. Yeah, yeah, so he has maybe a month. So right. Yeah, I, I, right. I expect him to be good. I really do. Yeah, all three of those guys are good, but Smith is, um, I'm not taking away anything from any of the other guys, but he's, he's pretty good when he's on it. I'll, take I'll tell you another guy, too, is uh, Aldridge. Chris Aldridge is going to be really oh, good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So you've got four guys coming up that are, from talking to guys that I know, uh, Chad and those guys, Dean's been riding with Hampshire. Uh, those guys are, they're fast. I mean, they're, they're going to be bringing it. They're on, they're on the, on the level already. So we'll see. I'll take uh, I'll take the guy trained by Tim Ferry for a hundred, Alex. You know, Evan. That, that guy knows how to win, especially at Bud's Creek. By the way, mm. once again, no ceremony to mark anything from two thousand three. Mm. Once again, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, what else? Anything else? We got talk about uh, what else happened. The wheelbarrow from Jeff Ward was good. The wheelbarrow story was good. Uh, no GL for about 15 minutes was really funny and, and good. Uh, the word of the day, we wanted to get in that. Um, that's about it, really. I think I'm good. Yeah. JT, anything more to say? Um, you want to tell me about the colors of fruits and bikes again? No, I think I'm good. Okay. All right, so... We both, we all think Ryan Dungey wins Millville and Jeremy Martin wins Millville. Is that what we all think? I consider him the favorites. 
At least I do. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, JT. Race, though. I mean, if Baggett goes out there and beats Martin, and like JT said, I'm sure these dudes are thinking that. If you're rocking and Baggett, you're like, man, if I can beat him here. JT, a little worried about the 800s chances now. It's not good. Well, yeah, I mean, you DNF motos kind of uh, makes things difficult. So, sure. Ran out of gas. Yep. Damn. Yeah, it's a little rough. <laughs> no doubt, for sure. That track's uh, famous for that, definitely more than a few guys have done that. Um, well, you heard the story, right? What? With TSA. Well, yeah, but I'm told that that's not correct or something. But oh, really? Yeah, but that's, yeah. That's what I heard. So okay, um, the Suzuki's do have low capacity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm very aware. I had to in a soft track like uh, Chad's track's really deep. When we, that was what I was practicing on, and I had a stock tank on my practice bike. I would stop myself at about 27, 28 minutes because I knew that I was right on the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close, and never mind the sand. So I couldn't make 35. There was impossible. Yeah, not on a soft track. There's just not possible. So. All right, uh, the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Uh, Bud's Creek wrap-up. Thank you, JT, and thank you, Weege, and we will see you uh, this week. Weege, uh, word of the day suggestions at Jason Wygant. Send them through. You can attach at Pulpamex and at Jason Thomas 66 and we can all kind of find out the best word of the day because Wygant right now is just, he is Larry Bird in the three-point competition. It's not even funny. He's just just eyes closed and draining it. So it's a little depressing. It's almost that he's like he's mocking us. Oh yeah, no, it's yeah, it's too good, man. This is Mike Williamson. He was he was the one that suggested the Anderson jersey. I'm, I, I, have credit I, I don't think it would have mattered. I don't think so either. Nope, <laughs> you're you're that good. <laughs> I appreciate that. All right, guys, thanks. I was, I was pretty worried myself. So, <laughs> all right, guys, thank you. See ya. See ya. See you guys. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunis. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And McGill was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right. And right. and he's got the thing. He's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, it, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. 
the working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse, you know, and I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that era I was in, I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes Store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go by.